Welcome to the Letters to the Beloved podcast. I'm Jake Spencer, the pastor of Grace Chapel, Knoxville, and we are thrilled that you are joining us today. You are listening to the audio from a video series that myself and other members of our church family record each week as we walk through God's Word together. Our hope is that the living Word of God would come alive in your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at gracechapelknoxville.net. May you be blessed and encouraged today. And now, beloved, welcome to the conversation. Hey friends, thanks for joining me today. Merry Christmas to all of you guys. I pray that you're having a wonderful time as we move into this Christmas season. I know so much of it is about joy, celebration, you know, being with our families. There's a lot of just fun associated with it. You know, we embrace all the Christmas decorations and the Christmas movies and just all the fun that comes with this season. But one of the things my family and I always purpose to do is keep Jesus right at the center of what we're doing this season. And so I want to talk to you guys today about how crucial, central um, the Christmas story is to a very specific issue. It's the issue of reconciliation. That is the reason Jesus came. He came to reconcile us back into right relationship with our God. And what that does is it brings us into God's family. And so I want to talk to you now about how important it is for us as believers to be very purposeful to work for reconciliation in our personal relationships, okay? So we're going to do this by taking a look at a letter that Paul wrote. Now, a lot of Paul's letters were to larger groups of people, to churches in specific cities or even in in larger regions, and it would get passed around from place to place. But there are a couple of letters that Paul wrote that we have in the scripture that were written to, to individual people. And several of them were to just other pastors. And so they were personal in nature, but they were very pastoral, you know, teaching them, equipping them, challenging them and how they were to lead. But this one particular letter, his letter to Philemon, it's a personal letter that is an appeal for reconciliation. Now, Paul is not in need of reconciling. This friend of his and him, they're in good standing. He's writing on behalf of another, um, a former servant of Philemon's. Now, we don't know what led to the break in relationship. What we do know is that there was a separation and that this servant has now come to Christ and Paul has been pouring into his life. And so Paul now counts this former servant and this friend of his as brothers in Christ. And so he is writing a letter encouraging his friend to reconcile things, okay? And so I wanna look at kind of three key things that Paul talks about here in this very short letter. It's kind of a one chapter letter, if you will. So there are three things that, that his appeal for reconciliation is rooted in, all right? The first thing is love. Now, if you read through this short letter, you see over and over again, Paul brings up his friend's love that he has known as a person who loves well. And Paul also expresses his love for both parties here, both of the people that are at odds. And so one of the things Paul says, I love this, is in verse 7. He's talking to his friend. He says, listen, I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, 
because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Man, I, I love that. Love works to bring refreshment to weary souls. Friends, we, we need to experience the love of Jesus in our lives. And one of the primary ways we do that is through our personal relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we, when we work to extend love towards one another, man, it brings refreshing. And Paul's saying that he is refreshed and encouraged just seeing their mutual love for each other. So the way Philemon lives his life amongst his brothers and sisters in Christ, it brings refreshment, restoration. Friends, the first thing we've got to remember is that when relationships are broken, the, the starting point, the anchor point is love. It's not obligation. It's not I have to, I'm supposed to, I should. It should be rooted and grounded in love. One of the very reasons it hurts so much when relationships fall apart is because there was love there in the first place. And so that, that, gets, that gets broken. It can even feel like it's dried up. Have you ever noticed that in a relationship that's broken, that maybe your frustration towards the other person, the hurt that you've endured, whatever it is, it's almost caused your love to just kind of dry up. You don't even feel like there is any anymore. But friends, the truth is, because of the love of Jesus that is poured into our life, we can access His love in order to love others well. And friends, if, if we will walk in love, receiving the love of Jesus and giving that away, extending it, friends, it can bring refreshment where there has been dry places. It can restore relationships. And so, rooted and grounded in love. Um, it's difficult to love when things go bad. It's easy to love when things are good. But Paul says this appeal for reconciliation, it's rooted in a love that endures because we are rooted in Christ's love, which stands forever. All right, so it's rooted in love. Secondly, another key aspect of reconciliation is the issue of forgiveness. And Paul talks about this very specifically in verses 18 and 19. He says to his friend, if he has wronged you at all, or owes you anything. So it may not just be an emotional wound, there might be a practical way even where um, he's owed a debt. If he's wronged you at all, or if he owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I will repay it. Now Paul is actually describing how forgiveness works. Friends, forgiveness is always costly. It's always costly. As a follower of Jesus, I am so grateful for forgiveness. I'm grateful that God has extended mercy and forgiveness into my life. I'm also grateful for times in my life where I have received forgiveness from my wife, close friends, family members, uh, just brothers and sisters in the Lord. When I have received that forgiveness, I'm so grateful for it. I love forgiveness right up until the moment where I have to forgive. Right up to the moment where it is costing me something. Guys, this is one of the, the most difficult things as followers of Jesus 
is to purpose that we will be people who will extend forgiveness. It hurts to forgive. You know, I, I feel like it, in our childhood, you know, we learn repentance and forgiveness in kind of these really small, simple ways, right? Like maybe my brother or sister says something rude or mean to me. And so, you know, mom and dad say, hey, go apologize. And then to the other kid, you tell them you forgive them. And it's sort of just this exchange of words. But forgiveness is a lot more than exchange of words. It's a releasing of debt. But here's the issue, guys. The debt still has to be paid. The debt is still there. There's an emotional toll that has been taken in my life if I've been hurt emotionally. Um, if there's even a practical thing that I have lost, that thing is still lost. And so forgiveness is always costly. But forgiveness is rooted in Jesus. He's paid every debt. He's handled every cost. And now he invites us to participate with him in extending forgiveness. And so Paul appeals to Philemon the way that Jesus would appeal to us. You know, we're told in the scripture um, to forgive as we have been forgiven. And so it is a crucial part of this. And it's an act of the will. It's a conscious decision to say, I'm going to do this. You know, Paul even says to him in verse 14, I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but out of your own accord. Friends, it's easy for us to just, you know, maybe decide, all right, fine, it's the right thing to do to forgive. And we just sort of force ourselves to do it. But Paul's saying, listen, my friend, I want to appeal to you. I want to remind you that you are a person of love, living in the way of love, that you are experiencing the love of God and you're a part of God's family. And so now I'm encouraging you of your own free will, will would you choose to extend forgiveness? See, if forgiveness is rooted in love, we can give it. We can give it because I have been loved greatly at a great cost. And it's won my heart over. It's set me free from guilt, from shame, from my own brokenness. It's healed my relationship with God. And the truth is the love of Jesus has repaired many relationships in my life. And so I get to cooperate with the love of God by choosing to extend forgiveness. Friends, let's not kid ourselves. Forgiveness will cost us something. It means I'm now taking on the burden of the debt instead of heaping it on the other person. But Paul encourages us, this is the right thing to do. Be reconciled. So reconciliation, it's rooted in love. It's rooted in forgiveness, which means it's costly. And then friends, the third thing, and I, I hope we find some, some power in this, some joy in this, it's rooted in the word koinonia. Now the word koinonia often in the scripture is translated fellowship, okay? And that is a big part of it. But the word is a little deeper than that. It means sharing, it means partnership. It's kind of this mutual, like we're in this together. And so Paul mentions this word several times. First of all, he points out that him and, him and Philemon already have this, um, that they have this sharing of faith in verse 6. And then now he skips down and in verse, let's see, 17, he says, So if you consider me your 
partner. Partner, koinonia, fellowship. If you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. And so Paul's saying one of the things that roots us into reconciliation is realizing we're partners. We have fellowship. We are in the family of God. See, he wants to level the playing field. He, he works through a complicated issue. I'm not, I'm not really addressing the issue of, of um, slavery or, or having a servant in the household. Um, that's kind of a whole other topic for another day. But I will just simply say, Paul here and in other places points out that in our relationship with Jesus, it supersedes all other things. Whether we're slave or free, whether we're Jews or Gentiles, whether we're male or female, we are rooted in Christ. And so first and foremost, we are brothers and sisters. And so reconciliation is about fellowship. We are rooted in the family of God and no matter what other circumstances have defined our relationships with one another, the primary defining characteristic is that we are brothers and sisters. And so we are meant to be in fellowship with one another. Now here's something really cool about this. When, when we operate in love and we choose to extend forgiveness and we move back into fellowship with one another. And so we are now experiencing reconciliation. Something really cool is happening. We're not just having fellowship with one another again. Friends, we're having a deeper fellowship with Jesus Christ because we are now stepping into how he has lived his life and now how he wants to live his life through us. This is part of that abiding in Jesus, learning for my life to be rooted in him. Jesus is all about reconciliation. In his death on the cross, he was reconciling the whole world to the Father. And so his heart is that we become people of reconciliation. All right, friends? So I know it's tough. I know I can sit here in a comfy chair, have my Bible, have a little conversation with you and Reconciliation can sound nice. Isn't love great? Isn't forgiveness great? Isn't being in fellowship wonderful? And the truth is, when relationships are broken, it's painful. It's incredibly painful. And to work towards reconciliation, it's difficult. It's costly. Friends, it's hard if we're the ones that have caused the problem. I've got to swallow some pride. I have to walk in humility. But I believe one of the hardest things, one of the biggest obstacles to reconciliation is actually for the person who has been wounded. It's the person who's hurt. But friends, we can draw upon the love of Christ that he's poured into our lives. We can choose to walk in forgiveness even though we know it costs something or trusting him that it's worth it. And we can step back in again into fellowship. And as we move into fellowship with one another, friends, we're experiencing fellowship with Jesus, who knows exactly what it feels like to experience hurt, pain, rejection in relationships, and he knows exactly what it costs to forgive. He deemed you worth it. He deemed me worth it. So friends, let's view our brothers and sisters who have hurt us with the eyes of Jesus, because they're worth it too. And reconciliation, man, that's what this is all about. 
friends, I pray you'll walk in some love, walk in some forgiveness, and enjoy fellowship with each other and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessings. Have a great weekend. I'll see you soon, friends.